It's the week of Monday, September 21st, 2009, and this is the semi-regular Relevant Podcast. Our irregularity is actually about to completely change, because as you hear this, it's the first day of a new um, audio producer, engineer, joining our staff. Eating a lot of yogurt. Activia. Oh, camera just cropped his pants. Oh, there's Jamie Lee Curtis. Hey, everyone. Um... So uh, anyway, his name is Chad Michael Snavely, and though he's not doing this podcast, you will start to hear his impact his, on future ones. Your last one. This is my last one. Not, well, it's my last one having to do it all by myself. Right. Yes. Now Chad will have to do it all by himself. <laughs> Preferably um, during the week, not on Sunday. I haven't introduced you yet, by the way. People know me. <laughs> I'm Cameron Strang, and here with me in our Orlando studios is the lovely and very pregnant Maya Strang. Hello, everybody. And also uh, sitting in today, a very lovely and pregnant <laughs> Ryan Ham. I'm, I'm about eight months along. It's, it's been a hard pregnancy, and I, I feel like it's getting close. I'm ready to deliver. <laughs> um, the word of God within you? Yes, exactly. Yeah. You're yeah. just pregnant with zeal. I'm, I'm starting a healing ministry. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Ryan is our associate editor. He moved down, joined our team from Chicago uh, about two months ago. Yeah. Give or take. And he lived with us for a while. And and when he moved down, as we do with many newcomers who don't have a place to go in the area, we, we put them up in our hostel. That's a selling point for it most was, people. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was a good time. You had your very own bathroom. Mm -hmm. You had Wi-Fi. I did. You had DirecTV in your bedroom. I did. And we never saw you. No. <laughs> we didn't see much at all. Well, because your Chinese girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he Andy. has a girlfriend who's um, in China on... What's she doing over there? She's teaching. Oh, yeah. And so he had Skype dates right. quite a bit. Yeah. So we didn't see him. And now if she hears this, she will kill me. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so Jesse Carey is also coming, but he's caught in traffic. And How so dare he? we had to uh, get going and he will pipe in. I'm sure you'll know when he's arrived. <laughs> uh, he'll pipe by, in a minute. And by traffic, he means that last episode of Judge Joe Brown. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, you just couldn't get away from it. Uh, oh, it looks like Jesse's online. Um, welcome, Jesse. Thank you. Just got out of a serious traffic jam. Alive. Yeah. <laughs> Ryan, Ryan uh, pontificated that the, your traffic jam was actually, you couldn't walk away from the last few minutes of Judge Joe Brown. Well, that's, that is also correct. <laughs> <laughs> I, assumed it, I assumed it was either that or cops. Yeah. One, of the, one of the two. <laughs> we, uh, it was Judge Joe. I get my afternoon courtroom uh, series. You know, I got to get them in or else I just have a bad night. Normally right here we transition into entertainment releases, but we have a jam-packed podcast for you today. We actually have a live in-studio performance by Phil Wickham coming up. 
We also have our look into the new issue of Relevant Magazine with our editorial director, Roxy Weeman. And uh, because of that, we have to trim to do things uh, that are better. You have to prune off some of the things that sometimes are filler. So we are skipping the entertainment releases this week, and we'll jump right into Slices and the rest of the podcast. So up next, Slices. Is the answer nine of the F5 crouched in a hole like a mud streak? Every day a different version of Firing it away like a wild-eyed pussy Hey, battery lies, my friend Love in the air, now you can't take it away You're listening to David Gray. The song is Fugitive and is playing right now at Relevant.tv. Now, I want to tell you my observation of David Gray. Now, back in the early 2000s, I was a big David Gray fan. I had White Ladder. Right, White Ladder, yeah. Yeah, and his other one. This particular song and video, he's playing his upright piano. He looks like the strange love child of Chris Martin, <laughs> Billy Joel, and Bob Dylan. Interesting. Because if you listen to his tonal inflection, he actually has some moments of Bob Dylan. The sing-songy piano man aspect of the song reminds me of Billy Joel, and he and the video actually looks kind of like Chris Martin. Hmm. So there you go. There's David Gray. I, I like David Gray. Here's a little trivia, a little Jesse trivia, which I know uh, has been overdue. That's my a category on the danced. website. <laughs> yeah. uh, my wife and I danced uh, at our wedding to uh, uh, the one I love. David Gray. Wow. Look at that. Yeah. You love and each other? Time, or you love David was featured Gray? on Relevant TV. Maybe it's still there. I was just, I was, I'm really glad you didn't say that one where he talks about having to check into the Betty Ford Clinic. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, we, we, did, we haven't danced that one yet. Um, at the beginning of the podcast, you heard Peter Bjorn and John with It Don't Move Me. Now, that one's also at Relevant TV. And here's what's unique about that video it is this kitschy, like, you know, like, Napoleon Dynamite-esque where you can't tell the time era guy who is like in this intense training with this like Russian kind of trainer getting up in the morning and you know he's super skinny and he's wearing like the 1970s jumpsuit and all that kind of stuff and his intense training is Michael Jackson dancing (laughs) the entire video is him doing iconic Michael Jackson moves like in all these various locations and this guy's like got a stopwatch out and stuff I don't understand it at all was this before or after before or after? I think it's a tribute. I don't know. I really don't. I have no idea. I'm confused by Peter Bjorn and John. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now for slices. Uh, Ryan's actually sitting in. He's got a slice. Jesse, are you ready with slices? Oh, I'm ready. Okay. Why don't you? I, kick I us always off? have slice. You know, when I it doesn't matter. You could you could pull me off the street or wake me up in the middle of the night and say, "Got a slice?" And I say, "Yep." <laughs> All right. Well, then you know, show us what you got. Take it away. You want me to go first? That's, that's, that's <laughs> I need, away I need a minute. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Jesse's no, like, I, Judge Judy's about to make her judgment. <laughs> yeah, I didn't actually think you were going to call me. No, uh, I read this one a couple weeks ago, and I was like, man, I got to remember this. Um, the town of Madison, Wisconsin. Did you guys hear about this one? I have uh, heard of Madison, Wisconsin, yes. <laughs> uh, they had a, a, a vote in their city council to elect the official city bird 
you know? Like I guess a lot of cities and states have a city bird. And they the city announced that it was going to be the plastic pink flamingo. What? Like like the yard decoration. In Wisconsin? Okay? Now, the vote was 15 to 4. So obviously, you know, some people don't think this is very funny. And one of those people is me. <laughs> I don't think the municipal bird, uh, you know, the whole governmental status of having a city official bird is something to be mocked. But apparently Madison, Wisconsin does. You know, I mean, what's our democracy coming to when cities can vote plastic pink flamingos? It's it's all that? those it's all those darn liberals at the University of Wisconsin. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. First, first they want to quote unquote reform health care. You know, now they're putting plastic birds up as the official city it's, bird. It's, it's a it's slippery scary slope. We're living. <laughs> it's a slippery slope. That's just <laughs> it really is. If if the, if a plastic flamingo doesn't scream socialism, I don't know what does. <laughs> I thought uh, fascism was more of a pink flamingo <laughs> kind of thing. But we, those you know. fascists up in Madison, I'm going to sing Glenn Beck up there. We'll have a heyday with this. Potato, potato, fascism, socialism. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, all right, uh, one more, and I just thought this was funny that. Uh, yeah, the first one wasn't at all. That was serious, hard-hitting journalism. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was an investigative piece. Uh, I actually – I went to the city council meeting. I randomly go to city council meetings in different cities, and I just happened to be in Madison that night, and story of a lifetime. Um, um, okay, well, Maya has to go to a baby birthing class um, in, in a few minutes, so uh, she needs to do her slice real quick. Um, okay, this one I just thought was funny, and – it's about monkeys, of course. So. <laughs> so apparently there is a part of the interstate where three different interstates intersect. Okay. And at this point, there is photo-enforced cameras mm -hmm. that will take your photo if you speed through this intersection okay. of whatnot. Yeah. Of wherever, like a spaghetti junction. Right. Wherever they intersect, yeah. blah, blah, blah. On um, a loop-de-loos on the side. Right. <laughs> or or on-ramps, as some people call them. <laughs> I think I think loop to loops is a technical. <laughs> yeah. That's what city I, I, yeah, planners call. I study I study highway engineering. Maybe so. maybe only in Madison. Your, only in Madison. Yeah, say at your city council <laughs> meetings. Yeah, that, that's the official term <laughs> that the councilmen use. So, so at these loop de loops, apparently speeding is a big problem. So apparently there is a guy that goes through goes through this intersection here, and he has received thirty seven photo enforced tickets. Now, like in the mail. Like in the mail. Okay. He gets them, yeah, yeah. Sure. based off his license plates, whatever. Sure. Now, I guess there must be a picture with each one with the ticket. Show, show you show in proof, the car. Right. Right. Yeah. Proof that you did this. Right. Here's the photo. 37 tickets. They're all unpaid because every time he has gone through this intersection wearing a monkey mask. <laughs> <laughs> every time. So he photocopies his driver's license and sends it back with a bill and says, this is not me. You can see that this is a guy. This is a monkey <laughs> mask, and this is me. Clearly, there's a monkey driving. <laughs> <laughs> it's the most ludicrous thing ever, but I think it's hilarious. That guy's either a genius or crazy. Right. I'm going so with So he, he has found, he's found a loophole. He's found yeah. a loophole, and he, as as of right now, he hasn't paid in, any. And uh, yeah, I mean, how could they enforce it? I mean, they could say this was your car. They cannot yeah. prove that that man was driving the car at right. that time. Right. That's and that's what he's saying. That's awesome. It is awesome. I don't know why he'd be wearing a monkey mask that much <laughs> on well, the interstate. Well, yeah, at first it was like, oh, there's cameras. I'm going to plan ahead and put it on. And that, I bet he just wears it 
Anytime he's in the car. Now. Oh yeah, you know <laughs> yeah, his you know yeah. his E Harmony profile is him in a monkey mask. <laughs> um, I actually have a nice slice, which I know is kind of unusual, but it's it's non snarky. Hmm. So I know it's strange. Right? Uh, you know, pass. <laughs> pass. <laughs> yeah, you know, I've gotten a couple of emails, or I've seen in the Twitterverse a couple of comments about the relevant podcast that you know. It's all inside jokes and, you know, juvenile humor and there's absolutely no content and there's no reason to listen to it. And on one hand, I say, well, then I don't want you listening. <laughs> but on the other <laughs> hand, you know, everyone saw we should have something like this slice yeah, where right. there's a little something meaningful. Right. Take it away. All right. Um, so there is a airport chaplain in Atlanta airport, which if you've been through Atlanta, you know, it's one of the biggest airports in the country. It is the busiest. Yeah. It is certainly one of the busiest. No, it is the busiest. Oh, it is the the busiest. Okay. So, yeah, thousands and thousands of people go through every day. And there is a chaplain there named Chester Cook, and uh, NPR just did a story about him. And basically, he's just this really seemingly kind-hearted minister who wanders around the airport trying to figure out how he can help people. And so a lot of his time is spent um, running through lines, looking for people who are kind of having a meltdown, as he says, and... Um, tries to help them get their gate changed and get their baggage, um, like get their baggage switched. And sometimes I guess he even pays for the baggage out of his own pocket and chaplaincy budget. But, um, yeah, it's a, it's a really cool story. He, um, you know, he also talks a lot about seeing troops going and coming from Iraq and, you know, the people who are going a lot of times have some kind of really sad stories and make them really sad. But then there are these like tales of redemption of people coming home that, um, he says, like that really encourages him. It's really cool. So yeah, I, I've walked by those airport chapels before. Yeah, and I always kind of wondered, you know, because it seems like when I'm in an airport, well, I guess there are times when I have like long layovers, but I'm kind of in a hurry. But it never really, and maybe that says something more about me, but it never <laughs> really like concurs to me. Oh, I should go to chapel while right, I'm there. Right. You know. Well, I. But I, I mean, think it's cool. You know. There are some people who probably be so scared of flying right. that they want to kind of go and get right with God before they get on the plane. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I mean, it says too that it's like it's kind of an interfaith chapel. There's no like there are no religious symbols, and so like in the story, it talks about how when the reporter walks into the chapel, there was a Muslim guy facing east praying, and then a woman who's um, kind of sitting in the corner praying, and um. He, you know, offers some money because she's run out of money and can't leave the airport. So he, you know, wow. offers, offers to buy her a transit card. Wow. So, yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. It's yeah. really cool. That's, That's cool. heartwarming. Yeah. See, you know what the opposite end of the spectrum is? Those smoking rooms. In, in <laughs> like, you, you, you see people who it looks like, you know, they are on the last rung of, of life. Right. You know what I mean? It, it's like this, walking by one of those smoking areas in the airport is like the saddest thing in the world. <laughs> well, or you just go to Europe and then it seeps in immediately. <laughs> yeah. It's, but, but it's all these people like crammed in that room. Yeah. And the glass at one time was clear, but now the glass <laughs> is like yellow. And you can you know? and you can always tell how long they've been in transit by the people who are like, <laughs> oh my goodness, I'm about to die. And then like there's someone sort of plastered against a gra- glass with sort of a thank God this is happening right now expression on their <laughs> face. <laughs> I want NPR to do a story on the smoking. <laughs> <laughs> all right, that'll do it for slices. Up next, Phil Wickham. It's not a hill, it's a mountain As you start out the climb Do you believe me or are you doubting? 
You're listening to U2. The song is crazy. Playing right now over at relevant.tv. Not exactly new or anything like that. But, well, you know, it's still, playing. It's U2. It's a really cool animated video. They're not in it. So it's really good. Hmm. No, I'm <laughs> I don't mean that disparagingly. Well, I was going to say. They um, try hard. Yeah. Phil Wickham. Uh, came through the studios a couple weeks ago, and uh, I think he's been on the podcast before. I think so, too. Yeah, I think so, too. Uh, his his current album available at retailers is Cannons. came out a couple years ago, but he's actually promoting a free album that he's giving out at philwickham.com. It's called Sing Along. It was recorded live. He actually is working on a new album, uh, a retail album, that'll come out later this fall, and he actually talked to us a little bit about that. Uh, he's touring right now. You can find out everything you need to know about Phil Wickham at philwickham.com. You can follow him on Twitter. It's at philwickham or twitter.com slash philwickham. Without any further ado, here is Phil Wickham. And 
been listening to phil wickham check him out at philwickham.com or on twitter at at phil wickham listening to passion pit the song is the reeling and it's a video playing right now over at relevant.tv it's a very interesting video they filled the home thing um it was like stop motion it's a bunch of torn pictures that they just went through so fast that it made motion you know mm-hmm. pretty neat pretty neat little video it looks like you have a bad internet connection when you're watching it because it's real grainy 
but it's actually on not. purpose. Yeah, it's the it's because it's so cool. Right. So in this segment, we have a very special guest, our editorial director, Roxanne Weeman. Hello, hello. She uh, is a familiar voice to many podcast listeners from this spring. She filled in when Maya and I took off. <laughs> That's nice. Of when her. we were in Barbados, <laughs> right? Yeah, for those couple of months. <laughs> uh huh. And uh, what we want to do now is talk to you about the uh, the brand new issue of Relevant that just hit mailboxes last week or two weeks ago. I don't know. It just hit newsstands. We're a week late. Whatever. We skipped <laughs> a podcast. But um, you know, we used to do this, and we just kind of breeze through the issue and offer no insight, and it was kind of pointless. But we've decided that this issue is so chock full of amazing goodness. That we needed to talk about it. We needed yes. to let people know. It's the issue that has Wilco on the cover. Jeff Tweedy from Wilco. And, um, and so anyway, we wanted to talk about some of the highlights, tell you some behind-the-scenes anecdotes. But before we do that, for, for recent listeners who don't know Roxy, I thought we should get to know her a little bit. Oh, oh dear. <laughs> so I have a couple questions here. Oh, no. There's a, I just <laughs> randomly selected at the top of my list. I have little, little cards with questions. Get to know mm. your questions. So I figured I'd ask you a couple. And Jesse, if you want to answer them too, you're welcome to. For me. All right. I, yeah, As I will, I will make my best assumptions about Roxy <laughs> and okay. her personality and personal history. Most of these are, are completely trivial. First one just happened to be at the top of the list. If you decided to go on a spiritual journey, see, so wow, I mean, this—I think this is a divine appointment. Like Jeff Tweedy, yes, on his spiritual road. (laughs) Wow, on the winding spiritual journey of Jeff Tweedy. (laughs) If you decided to go on a Jeff Tweedy, uh, a Jeff Tweedy-esque spiritual journey, where would you go, and what would you do? Um, you know, I've always wanted to go to Labrie, and one of the Labrie's Francis Schaeffer's like spiritual retreats in all over Europe. So I think I'd go to one of those and. Do some farming and reading and listening to educated people talk about God. You know, you could just do that, that at good. any farm here locally. I could, but <laughs> they wouldn't have, you know, all those tapes of all those great theologians around. Yeah. So the farms are probably pretty over there. S- second <laughs> question uh, for Roxy or Roxy's um, surrogate. Uh, <laughs> do you think space exploration is important? Um, well, uh, I'd rather go under the seas. Hmm. Mm. Can I say this? If you were to ask me where I would take my (laughs) spiritual journey and we're just talking, uh, you know, anything goes, I was going to say the moon. So I think that answers both questions. (laughs) Um, I don't understand why all the spiritual ones are on the top. This one, what would you like to ask God? Oh man. Like, why are there mosquitoes? Oh, why? Interesting. Yeah. Another yeah. M- more appropriate question: Why do you live in a neighborhood that doesn't fog for them, like I do? I don't have <laughs> I don't have any mosquitoes outside. I, oh. I would ask him: Do you think space exploration is important? <laughs> <laughs> what do you believe will happen to you after you die? What in the world? Wow. Did I get the Jesus? You might have. You must. Maybe have. this might be the plan of salvation cards that actually end up leading you to the <laughs> Romans road. Um, oops, I mixed them up with my party icebreaker cards. <laughs> That's why your I'm, salvation cards with your party icebreaker cards. That's why I'm not invited to any parties anymore. <laughs> um, okay, uh, here you go. Uh, last question before we get into the issue. Uh, is there only one soulmate for each person? Gee whiz, those are intense. <laughs> and if so, um, here's what Jesus did for you. Right, yes. Well, I've been married for eight years, so... Um, I think I found the one. 
Wait about a second. That. Married for eight years. You're so youthful. Were you 14 when you got married? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's how they do it out in the out French in the farmlands. That's right. <laughs> Marry him young. Yeah. Okay. So the issue that I have in front of me <laughs> is the September, October issue of Relevant. Um, it feels really good. Mm-hmm. Mm. We, I think we always comment on how they feel. They always feel a little different. <laughs> There's but something about that. Yeah. yeah. Holding it in your hands. It's nice. Uh, Jesse's following along on the internet with us and because it, we it, forgot it to add him to our list. It feels awesome. Com- <laughs> yeah. Not holding it in his hands. We forgot to add him to our comp list. Um, so uh, Jesse doesn't have a print edition in front of him, but he will uh, for next time. But One day. One day. Uh, this issue honestly has been a long time coming this year you know i just want to say as as a guy who's been around for all of them this is issue number 41 <laughs> that this last year has actually been really exciting really? for the magazine 41 41 wow because uh we you know when you're young and you're starting out and you're small it's tough to get the big name interviews it's get tough to get people to talk to you that you want to hear from that's true and so it's like few and far between that we actually get celebrities on the cover and and then we were able to get bands. And so we went through a season where there's just a ton of music. And it was just really, I don't know, kind of like, man, another band, you mm-hmm. know. And then this year it's been really interesting because we started the year with uh, Pete Gregg from 24-7 Prayer over in London, which was an unexpected cover for us. And then we went to Mickey Rourke, right. who had the most unbelievable story uh, of like going to murder the guy and just yeah. unbelievable. And Q-tip. There's and Q-tip, Q-tip double cover, which is, I'm a huge tribe fan. Big, big issue for us. That was our anniversary issue yeah. in March. Then we go to Kings of Leon, who again has an incredible story. Right. There's an amazing content, amazing conversation. Then we go to Zoe Deschanel, who is a relevant favorite. We love yes. what we love her music. We love mm-hmm. her movies. Then we go to Jeff Twitty and Wilco, which is a captivating story. Yeah. And the next two covers are already done. The photo shoots are done. I'm not going to reveal who they are yet. But we're really excited about those, too. So this has been a very fun year for publishing this yeah. magazine because um, all the other magazines have gone out of business. And so these celebrities don't have anybody <laughs> to talk to. <laughs> and so they're willing to talk to us now. Right. Is that Cameron, it? That's the only you, reason. <laughs> Cameron, are you the actual cause of the recession? Did you, did you, were you like the sinister force behind the housing market bubble burst? Mm. Yes. All to get Jeff Tweedy on the cover? It was. Um, I, I don't care what the cost is. I wanted <laughs> Jeff Tweedy on the cover of our magazine. Um, and you know, th- really the cool thing is that these people are people who are impacting culture and they have something to say. And Jeff Tweedy in particular, any Wilco fan will tell you the last few albums specifically have been just full, chock full of spiritual imagery and yeah. a lot of Jesus stuff. I think he's just reading these uh, icebreaker cards right. that I brought into the studio today. <laughs> they read like Wilco lyrics, really. Um, but it's fascinating to talk to him about, you know, their former band member who died and and then the journey that he's been on spiritually. And he really opened up. Right. It was really and cool. he really has something to say on just about everything. Yeah. He really does. He really does. It was tough titling this one because he, he covers so much he ground. Does. Yes. You just kind of let him go, and he just kept going. So that's fascinating. Well, let's flip through the issue a little bit. Slices um, is is normal. Uh, we had a couple really interesting columns this time. Andrew Marin, um, who's who's um, the author of Love is an Orientation, uh, talked about his journey as a straight married guy moving into the predominantly gay Boys Town neighborhood in Chicago he also tells the story that in the course of a year and a half, three of his Christian friends came out to him. Really? Yeah. Wow. 
And so right. this sent this totally flipped his worldview, and it, and he talks about his journey over the last few years um, of living in Boys Town and what it means to be a Christian and to truly love people that we uh, have you know disagreements about their lifestyle choices. So, right. you know, it, it's fascinating column. I thought that was really an interesting way to start the issue. Yeah. Then on the completely other tip, Jason Boyette <laughs> wrote a column about heaven yes. and his kids. And Jason Boyette was our guest last week on the podcast, so you all know what what he's all about. Who won that game, by the way? I forget. I think we all lost. <laughs> I, think, I think Adam there won. Was no I don't no, think actually, there was any winners. The listeners that. are the ones who lost. <laughs> 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 um, our Reject Apathy Spotlight talks to um, uh, the Life in Abundance organization. Let's talk about that. Yeah, um, they really have a vision for just holistic uh, relief in um, poverty-stricken areas. And so their work is really about um, impacting the whole community and from the children to adults and um, not just giving them food, but giving them education and um, economic training and ways to grow businesses. And so they're really um, just dedicated to uh, holistic help. In those areas. And they spell holistic with a W. Yes. And it was actually a source of contention for the editorial team. This is your little behind the scenes nuggets. Yes. On their (laughs) website, they spell it holistic, you know, W H. And that's not the correct spelling. So we were wondering do we spell it correctly and be right, or do we spell it their way to stay true to their message and it actually be typos? There's no W in there. Yeah, so we went right. the correct way. You went the correct way. Yeah. We, yeah. Much to the chagrin of uh, Roxy and her team, I was like, come on, guys. <laughs> People who don't go to their website will think that we don't know how to spell holistic. <laughs> we were just put a little slide around it. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anything to, you know. Y- y- you're, making, you're making the editorial job sound so glamorous right Isn't now. Isn't it? Oh, I know. <laughs> I know. You should... Man, you get to interview rock stars, you know, yeah. learn about all these cool causes. <laughs> Are you about the proper spelling of words? Oh, right. man, this is the best job ever. Um, okay, so, you know, then each issue now, we, we not only spotlight organizations that are doing things the right way, but we also spotlight frontliners, uh, yeah. just normal 20-somethings who are on the front lines uh, living extraordinary lives. And so yes. we tell one of those stories there. So I, you, yeah. I think they should read it. Yeah. If you want to know about a glamorous job, this is the one to read. Someone who travels around on a boat for her whole life. Her whole life. Wow. So. Music spotlights. Uh, we changed the title. We're now calling them The Drop to tie in with Ooh. The Drop at the website where every week we're debuting new albums for free. Mm-hmm. And so uh, starting next issue, the artists that you see in the magazine will will be in The Drop. Uh, plus many others, but these these three are not. But I will play you some of their music now. Uh, first one is Z Avi, who I hadn't heard of when we got into this issue planning, and I am now a fan. Yeah, her music's amazing. It's really fun. I like it a lot. Here's a clip of Z Avi. You know how much I hate waiting around. Also along the lines of music I had not heard when we started the issue. And I like to think that I'm up on music. I know. This is pretty impressive that you hadn't heard of any of these. Is a a rapper named Niamaj. And apparently podcast listeners know Niamaj because uh, back in the spring when I went around, we played Niamaj quite a few times. 
Um, so Nehemiah is a, a favorite of the staff, and uh, we wanted to do a spotlight on him. Here is a bit of his new album called It's About Time. Straight out of BK, how to control like roads rage on the freeway. Hey, I keep it so exclusive. Uh-huh. Nehemiah, you wake him up, and this is how I do it. Ready, bad, yo, give me some scratch. Where you at? That's right, I like it like that. And matter of fact, I'm live and get the party reacting. It's so slapping, you move to the beat. Oh, it's so cracking. I keep my beats laced like Next on the drop uh, is is the low anthem. Now, the low anthem, we're huge fans of. They're exploding right now. A year ago at Lollapalooza, these guys were honestly on the janitorial crew cleaning up afterwards. They were not. This year yeah. at Lollapalooza, <laughs> they played a stage that had 30,000 people yeah. screaming the lyrics back at them. Like real, literally? Yeah, they were on the janitorial. They still had to. They clean were up literally this year, on the janitorial. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but anyway, the low, that just shows you how fast they're they've exploded. The low anthem. Here's a clip from uh, their new album. Oh my God, Charlie Darwin. <laughs> There's so many things about that statement that are offensive. <laughs> <laughs> And rounding out the drop in the print in, in the print edition is uh, somebody who performed here on the yeah. podcast, uh, Brooke Wagoner. Uh, many people wrote us saying how much they loved her performance. Yeah. It was amazing, and uh, we talked about her in the magazine. Introduced her to the to the magazine fans or readers. If you like Rilo Kylie or Rosie Thomas, Brandy Carlisle, she's right up your alley. Here is a bit from her current album. The time is near for you to romance every boy. While I am still learning how it should be coy. And you decided you would educate me. While conversing over a nice spot at sea. Well, that rounds out the drop. As you can tell, some amazing music uh, for more Along those lines, you can go over to the website and check out the drop at relevantmagazine.com. Getting into features, uh, you know, we like to talk about reject apathy stuff. We like to talk about people who are making a difference in the right way. Uh, we really were fascinated with the story of this organization, Wine to Water. Mm-hmm. And they're actually, uh, it's a story of Doc Henley, and he was a bartender, and he's actually using wine and alcohol to bring clean water to Africa. Why don't you talk about it? That photo is really cool, by the way. Yeah. The photo is amazing. Say- yeah. yeah, that is that could be a poster. Yeah, it is. Cool. It's actually on my ceiling. <laughs> <laughs> it's the last thing I see every night before I go to bed. Right. The, the photos. I want to bring attention to the photographer Paul Sherrar. He um he he did a couple photos with Wine to Water. They're unbelievable. We actually put, just put Wine to Water on the website yeah. and failed to credit the photos. So I want to give mention to Paul. Yes. His uh, photography was unreal. Yeah. So this organization they um they host. Uh, wine tastings and then donations from that go towards digging wells and um, fixing wells that are already existing um, entire water system construction throughout um, well several countries a lot of them in Africa but also several in Asia as well and um, he's Doc Henley works on the ground in a lot of these he's been over there he hires local um, nationals to help him with that and it's um it's just a really cool organization, and you can host your own wine to water wine tastings. And if um, you're twenty one and up, right? <laughs> exactly. Um, so yeah. we have uh, flipping the page. We have a great piece <laughs> by Kevin Roos. He's um, 
a, a guy who's not in the Christian subculture, you could say, no. didn't grow up in a Christian home, isn't a believer, uh, decided that it would be an interesting social experiment to enroll at Liberty University, Jerry Falwell's yes. college. For a semester. For From what? Brown. Yeah, he was going to Brown, <laughs> and he transferred over to Liberty and was doing it, and he decided to, you know, he was doing it knowingly to write a book and kind of research, kind of be an insider. And and so he decided to live the full Liberty experience for the semester. He went on a spring break witnessing trip. Yes. He abided by all the rules. He completely did everything that the Liberty wants its students to do. And so then he wrote a, a book about it, which is a fascinating book, and um, it's hilarious, too. Uh, it's actually called uh, Unlikely Disciple. But we had him write for us five love lessons he learned while dating at Liberty University. Oh. And so he breaks those down for us. And it, it's really funny. So, I mean, I, as I was reading it, I was literally I am <laughs> Roxy how much I was laughing. Inside. It was, it's a great piece. Uh, now, now let, let me ask you, you said you read the book, Cameron? Um, so I read parts of it. <laughs> <laughs> that counts. In my book, that counts. Yeah. Did you read the back cover? Oh, yeah, of yeah. course. Yeah. Okay, okay. Then it's red. Um, <laughs> I heard it. See, I, I had mixed feelings about uh, the book when I first heard about it, but I heard an interview with him on NPR, and uh, I kind of appreciated more his perspective after kind of hearing from him because otherwise it, it almost – like the concept of the book sounds like mean. a little exploitive. Yeah, you right, know? right. No, it wasn't at all. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, but but when when you hear his explanation, uh, it, it really does sound more like he was doing it out of a legitimate effort to kind of better understand a part of culture. Yeah. You know what I mean? And he has, I mean, throughout it. In fact, I would, I am Roxy. Even the article, I'd be crying. I'd be laughing so hard at some story he was telling. And then, like, you know, two minutes later, I'm reading another part, and it's just like smack you over the head with like, oh, that's really like redemptive and deep, and yeah. this yeah. isn't actually just funny, haha. This is right. You know, it, it, it's it's not mean spirited no. at all, and it actually yeah. illuminates a lot about our subculture and about our faith. That it's nice to hold up a mirror every once in a while, right? And yeah. good things. I mean, he he really legitimately learned some things while he was there and felt like he was better for it so right yeah he, he said that some of the friends that he made during that was i think it was only for a semester ended up being some of you know are still some of his best friends right. yeah which i thought was a cool you know it showed that he wasn't just it wasn't like marginalizing people well and two i mean even in this one he specifically just talks about dating and romance and all that i thought it was really interesting that he he talked about that at liberty you know it you know, physical contact, everything is hands off. I mean, so he said he actually had some of the most or the best dates of his life at Liberty because you removed the sexual tension or mm-hmm. do we do this or yeah, do that, the whatever. And you actually yeah. are getting to know the person. And he said it created some mm-hmm. of the most like substantial dates that he's ever had. And he really enjoyed yeah. it and, and thought, man, we have a lot to learn from this. You know, maybe yeah. our culture's uh, way of dating is, is off. So. Yeah. That was interesting. So it's a fun story, fun piece. We like doing that. Jesse, you write some of those types of stories for us that are kind of funny, and they have redemptive messages. Jason yes. Boyetz writes that kind of stuff yeah. for us, and we like Kevin. It's good stuff. Flipping the page, there's a, a short piece, but a substantial piece that looks at th- the fact that the tide is turning in Africa. And, you know, we've heard so much about AIDS and the pandemic and all that stuff. And this is a look that actually has some statistics and information that we hadn't heard before that actually might be evidence or have evidence that literally the tide might be starting to turn in the right direction. Right. Things are changing. Our fights against AIDS, giving ARVs and 
um, even in the fight against malaria and those pesky mosquitoes. <laughs> um, the, like our efforts are actually working and things are changing and they are getting better. And statistics, you know, people are dying less from these things and they're living longer. So it's really encouraging. And, you know, we know, you know, from an editorial standpoint, we have to be careful, like how much we talk about these really heavy issues, right? Uh, and no way do we want to make the magazine surface level. We want to talk about substantial spiritual issues, life issues, social issues. But at the same time, you have to, uh, you have to make it accessible and, and, and informative. And so rather than writing a book about this topic, which we could have, we have a kind of a quick look at, at some stuff. Now, the way that we augment that is then if you want to go deeper, if yeah. you want to go deeper in these topics, we, we put resources there, links there, and other places you can go to get more information about this stuff. So it's a way that hopefully somebody who wouldn't pick up that book would read this article, right. have their eyes opened, and want to get involved in this fight. Uh, the people who are on the front lines, you know, it, this shows that we are tracking with them and we are talking about the issues that need to be talked about. Flipping the page, we have an article by... I can't do it. <laughs> by, by Roxy. Roxy wrote. Called Faded Faith. Yes. Why don't you talk about it? Um, so one is this really, um, a lot of us go through ups and downs in our spiritual walk, peaks and valleys, and, um, those are inevitable, but how do you, what do you do in the low times and how do you connect with God during those times? And, um, just how do you, not necessarily how do you get out of them, but how do you get stronger in them? And, um, really dives into just how a lot of us feel that way right after college, right after we get out of, um, I don't know, just a community of believers that's really, really strong. And then we go, maybe we move cities or we have to move churches or we get out of our campus ministry and just really affects our faith and how we connect with God and how we live in community. So, Someone on Twitter thanked Roxy for her article. Yeah, I saw that. Have seen that? I don't know if Roxy sees those. Well, it talks about, about, you know, the peaks and valleys of life. And when you're in the valley, you're in the dry season and you are alone and you don't have the community around you to kind of prop you up. What do you do? Yeah, and, and it was a it was a great piece um, that explored that very real issue that we all deal with. Yes, flipping the page, we have an interview with Regina Spector. We, this is actually the second time she's been in the magazine. Yeah, she's artistic. She's funky. I like her music. Yeah, she has interesting things to say. She's Jewish, grew up Jewish, and uh, it's an interesting interview. Yes. Here's a clip from her new album. There you go. No one laughs at God in a hospital. I got in a war No one's laughing at God When they're starving or freezing Or so very poor No one laughs at God When a doctor calls After some routine tests No one's laughing at God When it's gotten real late And their kid's not back from that party yet uh, Flipping the page, we have an article on gluttony It's it's two issues ago We had an article on sloth And we actually that got a, actually a lot of emails yeah. uh, I think we printed one of the letters about it and and so we decided to do another deadly sin and talk about gluttony. <laughs> and it's not about right. eating a lot. It's actually the lifestyle mm-hmm. of gluttony, me-centered lifestyle. This, it, it just talks a lot about, you know, our culture as gluttonous and not just about what we eat, but just as much as we consume. And not not even consuming just to, con- like, not consuming for any reason, but consuming just to consume. And talks about just in biblical times, gluttony was considered... Um, a deadly sin really because you could see it you could see someone who would walk down the street and be overweight next to people who were really literally starving to death and it's Mm -hmm. a much more subtle sin now but it still exists and it exists um just 
culture wide for mm-hmm. us. All right, flipping the page. Uh, this was one that I've been wanting for a long time. Uh, Anthony Hamilton is an R and B neo soul singer that uh, I've been listening to since kind of back in the Chappelle Show days. He uh, appeared on albums with like Kanye West and Common, and kind of was the singer on a lot of those tracks in the early two thousands and mid two thousands. What was interesting about his music is that not only is it just cool, kind of progressive R&B, neo-soul, is that lyrically his album started shifting. He, you know, he was kind of about love and romance and stuff originally. And then, like, you, a lot of his story started to seep into his music. And two albums ago, he fell in love, got married. And that, you know, his wife introduced, like, w- was a sold-out Christian. And in the music, he starts talking about how, you know, we're going to go and we'll pray together and we'll go to church together and we'll tithe and we'll do this and that, whatever. And it starts to seep into his life and his songs. And all of a sudden, and then this album, he's talking about the Lord and his relationship with the Lord and all stuff. And his music totally changed. And so we had to ask him about that. And sure enough, like his wife was a sold out believer, came from the church world, didn't know the world he was from at all. He was from the other end of the spectrum. They kind of met in the middle and they have made each other better. And he talks about that how it's not about the two extremes, about right. how you need to love love the Lord, live that out in a real way in everyday life, and it's not about complete extreme churchism, and then it's not about living in the world either. So it's a really interesting story. His music's great. Here's a clip of his current album. Flipping the page on the other end of the musical spectrum is actually a band that we are all big fans of. It's Paper Route or Paper Route, depending on where you're from <laughs> in the country. Um, they're from Nashville. They, uh, they, 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 you know. How would they say that in Nashville? Paper Route, probably. We actually love their album so much, we named it the number three album of the year so far on the web a month yeah. ago. And um, we're, we're fans. They have a great story. Here's a clip from their current album. So another one of those blurby funny stories follows that. It's called the Not Going Back to School Guide. A lot of our readers, I mean, most of our readers are not in college. Uh, Our average reader is 27 years old. Okay. A lot of people, you know, we target college kids because we want to hook them and then hopefully hold on to them for 10 years. But, you know, a lot of our readers, most of our readers aren't going back to school this fall. And so whether it be that you are college age and chose not to or you chose a different path or you've just recently graduated or... You know, you're kind of like, man, what do I do? Yeah. This is a guide of actual things that you can do with your life if college is no longer an option. Oh, that's one of our real interns. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and that's a candid shot, too. <laughs> right. That's, that's right. exactly what she does every the day. The intern picture is actually an intern full of coffee in her hands, <laughs> and that's actually what happens. But there's something like, if you count the ones on the last page, like 53. 58. 58 items. That's right options for you to do if, if college is no longer an option. And, and I love how it ends with, well, if all else fails, you can live in abject poverty. <laughs> as <laughs> a statement. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. As a statement, as an intentional statement. Seeing, seeing those, uh, 
bread dot test scores actually kind of give me the cringe. <laughs> yeah, brings back oh. the testing thing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this segment, this section that we are entering is actually something that I find fascinating. W- yeah. We found, uh, you know, a, a few months ago, we've talked about a couple times the the book Flickering Pixels by Shane Hibbs. Mm-hmm. Uh, really insightful about how technology has changed our lives, our culture, and our faith. And so we got Shane Hibbs to write for us. Mm, we interviewed him. We interviewed Shane Hibbs. Actually, Roxy interviewed Shane <laughs> Hibbs. You want a little behind-the-scenes info? Lee Stone is a pen name That's for right. Roxy. Oh. What? Is My, it? It sounds very so dashing. Stone, is, right. is that your middle name? My middle name and my maiden and your name. Maiden name. There you go. So Lee Stone. She had the coolest last name. So yeah. Roxy talks to Shane Hibbs about this topic. Yes. And it's a fascinating interview. He, he if just, you do say so yourself. I find <laughs> not necessarily the questions. I'm, but she his, was just asking him uh, icebreaker card yeah, questions. I was. And <laughs> was wow, was it fascinating. <laughs> um, anyway, uh and he just talks a lot about like what is technology doing to our soul and not just like what is it doing today, but what has it done and how has it shaped Christianity from the beginning? And um, he talks about just the how even how like in Jesus's time, it was about parables and stories and oral culture. And then it shifted in um, and it became more about print and even just that, you know, Jesus's parables were more popular and then print came along and Paul was more popular and just how much things like that, that we don't even think about affect, affect our faith and the way we talk about our faith and how we live it. And that now we're living in such a technology rich culture that it just permeates everything. And it affects, we're just, we're more visual, we're more community oriented now, whether kind of virtually community oriented, but it's a social culture and that that's really shaping and changing the way that we even process information and the way we read the Bible. And he's even an advocate of kind of shifting the Bible around a little bit in terms of the order of the books and things like that, that he says will, will help people who are, um, who've grown up in our culture and our technology understand God better and understand the Bible better. So it's really interesting. It's a great book. If you haven't gotten it, we don't usually tell people to go out and buy stuff, yeah. but uh, oh, Flickering Pixels is one that you Unless can sink we your put teeth it into. Out. Right. Yeah, if we put it out, go by. Yeah. Go by relevant. No, this Please, is, yeah, yeah you, you'll like Flickering Pixels. It's well, good. And if you like this interview, you'll like Flickering Pixels. True, if you're completely right. bored by it, yeah, don't go by Flickering go by Pixels. Yeah. But we had a number of things that looked at it. We looked at the, she just talked about through through time. So we mm-hmm. kind of look at that and visually kind of look at the march through time and how it's affected communication. And then we talk about currently, you know, our short attention span faith. Again, uh, the person pictured is one of our interns. Yes, yes. we had Brad. Yeah. Um, Hi, so Ed Brad. Short Attention Span Faith by Brett McCracken. And it's, you know, a real life kind of Christianity wake up call uh, yeah. for anybody who reads our magazine, basically. Yeah. Try not to give up on it 20 seconds in. <laughs> yeah, I read the first 140 characters. It was fascinating. But, fascinating. You know, we actually, that's, that's my limit is 140 characters on any article. When this issue came out, we put, you know, that article actually we put on relevantmagazine.com. And you can read all these on the digital magazine at the website, but we actually put it as the web feature for the day, Short Attention Span Faith. And one of the people seriously commented underneath it and said, well, this author should take his own advice because it was so long, I didn't even get through it. And we're like, do you realize the irony of your comments? Yeah. Oh, man. Oh. Maybe he did. People. Push through. Push through. I doubt it. Probably didn't read any other stuff either. 
then we go into music recommends. We kind of spotlight our favorite DVD or albums coming out, our favorite DVDs coming out, our favorite books coming out, including Donald Miller's. Yes. And on the back cover, we have our very first scratch and sniff. What yeah. in the world is this? You Feel literally can peel uncover off. Uncover the powerful yeah. truths found in the original gospel. We literally have a sticker <laughs> on our back cover that you can peel off. Oh, it and it's smell. a coupon. <laughs> Doesn't it's smell. not scratch and sniff. I was kidding. Uh, but but there, there's fun. a cologne sample. It's pretty in there. fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It is fun. The magazine smells delicious. So that's our current issue. A lot of features. It yes. feels jam-packed because it was. And yeah. um, we're excited about the issue. We hope you can get it. Like I mentioned, you can go over to the website and go through the digital viewer that Jesse is now partaking in. It is very intuitive and mm. fun. <laughs> fun. <laughs> so if you're bored on a Friday night, just <laughs> head over to Real... Uh, it's what it's what I'm doing right <laughs> tonight. <laughs> right. So yeah, go get that, or you can subscribe. Uh, that would that would go really far, help us out. Um, you know, magazines aren't. Uh, ma- <laughs> a lot of magazines are struggling right now, so any support you could throw our yes. way would be great. And remember, it feels good. Yes. It's a great issue. You can look at it online, but you can't nice. touch it. Cool on your <laughs> coffee that, table. That's what I really feel like. Wow, this is such a great visual experience. I only wish that my hands were enjoying this as much as my eyes and mind were. <laughs> and you get scratch and sniff stickers in the ba- inside back yeah, cover. That yeah, that was and, fun. And right now, yeah, I'm smelling nothing. Uh, <laughs> well, that's not true. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> Guilty. Uh, <laughs> All right. Well, that'll do it for uh, the current issue right. preview. Many thanks to Roxy. See you, everybody. Up next, feedback. Listening to Grizzly Bear, the song is Two Weeks. Kind of chill, but I like Grizzly Bear. Uh, playing right now over at relevant.tv. Now, this is the, the feedback segment. And if you're, you know, you know when you're watching a TV show, like maybe back in the 80s and 90s, mm-hmm. and you're in the middle of a really good part of the story, and you're like, you, you start to notice, like, wait a second, there's no way they can wrap this up. There's only three or four minutes left. Before yeah. the end of the show, mm-hmm. all of a sudden, bam, to be continued. Right. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, it's like, I've been had by perfect strangers again. <laughs> uh, so no, 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 no. Darn yeah, you, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's kind of what's happening here. You're looking at this going, wait a second. That was a long issue preview. That was, that, they, had a, they had a live music performance. Slices wasn't any shorter. Wait a second. How are they possibly going to pull this off? Well, the answer is we're not. <laughs> Last week, we asked you to tell us your favorite movie, book, and movie, book, and album of the aughts, of the last 10 years, since January 1, 2000. And uh, you went over to relevantmagazine.com, you clicked on the podcast episode, and you posted your feedback there. Uh, We normally, right now, would go through it, and we'd play some of it, and we'd talk about it and Mm -hmm. banter. We don't have time. Yeah. But we will do that next week. We actually, there was some really good stuff posted, some stuff we're talking about and playing. So we're going to do that next week. But on top of that, we're going, we're double dipping because we're going to give you a fresh question of the week. And then we're going to do two feedback segments next week. Well, not two feet. We'll do one segment with two feedbacks. Okay. So for this week's question of the week, here it is. This one's a little bit of a twist. Last week we asked you, you know, about stuff. This week we want to know a little bit about you. 
So the question this week is, what kind of business would you love to start? But Jesse has a twist. Hmm. That's right. Because if, if it's just what kind of business you want to start, you're going to be thinking, how am I going to make money, support my family? Okay, imagine this. Money's not an option. You are somehow independently wealthy, but your independent wealth is contingent on starting any kind of business. It doesn't matter if it loses money. All you have to do is operate a business, and it can be whatever you want. What would it be? Okay, so so it's uh, what kind of business would you love to start in, if money was not an object? Yeah, yeah, it, it's like it could it could lose money, it, it could it could make millions, but that doesn't matter. Your object isn't to make money; it's to run an awesome business. <laughs> All right, an awesome business where you can wear power suits, power ties, <laughs> loafers, or, or a Power Ranger suit. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. Desire. That's true. Wide wide range here. Yeah. Go over to relevantmagazine.com. Right there on the front page, you're going to see this episode um, of the podcast. Click the feedback button and post your comment or post your feedback there. Next week, we promise we will read the best uh, submissions to that question. What kind of business would you love to start if money was not an object? I can tell you mine would probably be some manner of ninja training facility. Of course. Of course it would. <laughs> and the ninjas would probably fight monkeys. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And people would pay hundreds of dollars to watch. <laughs> just to watch. Not for their services of protection. Just to watch. Okay. Yeah. No, the, those services, uh, I volunteer those. That's, <laughs> okay. that's, the, non, that's the nonprofit arm. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, all right. So realmags.com. Well, on that note, we will wrap up this podcast. Many thanks to Roxy for sitting in and going through the issue. Uh, we're actually currently on deadline with the November issue. So that's why um, she didn't sit in the entire podcast. She's <laughs> a little busy. And today, literally, we changed the cover story. We're going to print in less than two weeks. So yeah. she's got a full weekend on her hands. Um, <laughs> And uh, many thanks to uh, Phil Wickham for coming through. Again, you can check him out at philwickham.com or follow him on Twitter. His name's Phil Wickham on Twitter. It's creative. Hey, I'm on Twitter. Yeah. Cameron Strain. Uh, Relevant's on Twitter. Relevant Mag. Relevant has like 14,000 followers. Look at that. Nice. I actually do the Relevant Twitter. But I don't know how much longer because of the baby. But right now I do the Relevant Twitter. So. Just a little behind the scenes for you there, folks. <laughs> who's, who's this voice that I'm reading every day? Who could this possibly be? Is that Ryan? Is that Cameron? <laughs> now you know. Um, okay, on that note, we'll wrap it up. Well, I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Ryan Ham. I'm Jesse Carey. We will see you next week with a producer who will make sure it comes out. That's awesome. On time. Hallelujah. <laughs> Relevant Podcast Anytime, anywhere